Hello, privacy advocates to Surveillance Report 26. Today is a big report covering the recent security and privacy news around the world, so let's not waste any time. This report is going to feature the Ledger Nano and Trezor hardware wallets to manage your cryptocurrencies securely and efficiently. I use the Ledger Nano and I love the peace of mind it gives me with the cryptocurrencies I own. And if you're going to protect anything, I hope it at least be your finances, especially one that could be worth you know, the millions of pizzas. You've all heard about the Bitcoin pizza story. I'll have links below to both wallets for you to check out. As always, let's begin with company news. Probably still one of the larger concerns is Apple's Big Sur and some of the security issues that have been talked about. This was a huge story in the last surveillance report and there have been a plethora of updates since then. So many that it's going to be its own dedicated video recapping the entire situation and what it means for you. It's gonna go on our YouTube channel, PeerTube and Library. So subscribe to one of those to catch it once it's done. It should clear a lot of things up for you. On to surveillance support news. Microsoft is our first company of the week and they came under serious criticism for their new tool allowing managers to track employees through Microsoft 365. They gave a pretty subpar response saying, it's not a surveillance tool, but rather a useful tool. Don't get those two confused. As if these are two mutually exclusive things, as if something can't be useful and a surveillance tool, right? You think about most surveillance tools are justified through some kind of useful benefits being given to the individual. So keep that in mind, just because something is useful doesn't mean it can't also be a surveillance tool. On the bright side, after much criticism, Microsoft has decided to remove the usernames from the productivity score feature after a lot of privacy backlash. It's kind of interesting how often China is used as a shining example of dystopia with their social scores, yet we don't learn a thing from that. Microsoft bakes in productivity scoring. Each person has a credit score revealing their financial history. The cameras on the street where you walk can be used by Clearview AI to match your face to all of the images of you on social media and find your personal accounts. And the government can track your location by buying it from commercial companies without a warrant. We live in a spooky time, and we're gonna talk more about those warrantless location things later in the politics section. Google is our next company. They are rolling out end-to-end -end encryption for RCS in Android messages. Don't gatekeep too quickly here. This is actually overall a good thing. I know it's hard to trust Google, but end-to-end -end encryption is overall a good thing. More things using end-to-end -end encryption is a plus for everyone, even if Google is able to collect metadata from contacts and still build a profile around the messages. This isn't really any worse than the current situation, and it's going to offer protection from cell companies and any other intermediaries. So it's still a good situation for everyone, and Google can't read the raw message content either. Um, this is in public beta and is not currently available and likely will never be available in China and Russia for obvious reasons. Uh, if you're interested too, there's a technical paper covering the end-to-end -end encryption, how it works, and all the other fun tidbits. It's actually utilizing the Signal protocol, the same one that's used in the Signal app. Web browsers had a lot of news this week, starting with Google Chrome. Google has announced next year, Chrome extensions will show exactly what data they collect from users, similar to when you download an application onto your phone, and it tells you what permissions or data the app needs. This 
This is overall a good thing, though like the application you download onto your phone, don't over rely on this single metric to trust an extension or application. There's still a lot of ways to bypass this and get information you're not supposed to collect. Firefox is up next. Let's start with the positive. Firefox 83 comes with HTTPS only mode and some speed improvements. It seems it's safe to uninstall HTTPS everywhere unless you want more granularity. Now, the negative, Firefox witnessed how Brave started including links in the search results for money, and despite the criticism and huge uproar that Brave received for this, Firefox thought it was still a great idea. So Firefox 83 now by default shows you sponsors in the search results with no mention of this in the release notes. You can disable this in the about config menu. I have a source below linking what you have to disable exactly so you can find it. Um, shame on you Firefox, make this garbage opt in and stop hiding behind the cloak of the Mozilla Foundation, we're a nonprofit. Brave decided to look at their Android app and realized something was missing. No, no, not always on private mode. Who wants that? It's the Binance widget. Oh God. No one asked for it, Brave. Just one more thing to disable. The browser scene just pisses me off. It's so nasty. Amazon's final plans of selling cheap IoT devices for like 30 bucks that do nothing different than the other IoT devices that were 40 bucks is coming to fruition. The reason they've been doing all of this might be because of Amazon Sidewalk, where all of these devices communicate on a neighborhood level. The attractive use cases for this include outdoor smart lights and smart garage openers can better stay connected when your Wi-Fi can't reach them. This could also help things like tile trackers. They might work if you drop your wallet while on a walk, or if your dog hops the fence. The justifications for these incredibly invasive technologies are just getting worse and worse by the minute. Now we're getting to the point where it's like, this is useful if it's 68 degrees outside on a partially cloudy day uh, and you wake up after sleeping for eight hours, but you slept on your neck wrong, which might lead you to get to work late, but you won't get to work late if you use our smart toilet, which massages your neck while you poop before work. Uh, to tie this back to the Amazon stuff, uh, this works on a lot of devices. This works on pretty much any device since 2017. Uh, and all it took was a software update where this was switched on by default, by the way. So you have to go into the settings and turn it off. Thank you, Amazon. Trezor, the cryptocurrency wallet, has incorporated a Tor switch in its desktop application, which routes your traffic through Tor, which is kind of cool. And yes, this is the Trezor that we featured earlier in this surveillance report. So check it out in the description. Tutanota, the private email provider, is coming under some fire as a German court is forcing Tutanota to hand over user data of suspected criminals when it's unencrypted. People seem a bit concerned, which is completely valid, though it should be no surprise to you that a company has to follow the law. It's a safe assumption to make. So be aware, if you are using end-to-end -end encryption in Tutanota, which you can do for external contacts as well, you're totally good. And also, just don't do illegal stuff. That's a great way to avoid state actors from chasing after you. Tutanota though, regardless of this, has made a PSA and I'm sure they'll have a blog post on it soon as well to hopefully clear up some concerns. You can read the PSA in the sources in the description. Hopefully YouTube doesn't strike those. Our final company is General Motors who has launched their own insurance agency. 
OnStar Insurance Services, where drivers and their habits are collected in order to offer discounts. It's finally happening, people. Your insurance rates are going to be dictated by the data you've optionally allowed into your life. Um, if you're still laughing at China, just look around because it's slowly happening around you as well. And that was all the company news, so let's move on to research, which hopefully will have a little bit more positive news. Maybe. A new LiDAR phone attack has been published showing how to convert a smart vacuum's LiDAR into a sensor microphone to pick up audio in a room. They tested this on several objects, including cardboard, trash cans, speakers, and other fun things. This does have a lot of requirements to actually pull off in the real world, like a lot of these theoretical research attacks. So don't panic, but it's still pretty cool to read about and shows the wild west of IoT. To keep things going, smart doorbells have been found to have a plethora of security vulnerabilities listed out in this research article. As always, the S in IoT stands for security. Think about next time you buy your eighth Echo. On to the rest of the research news, another article has been done revealing how bad most passwords are on the internet. Uh, your daily reminder to use a password manager if you aren't using one already. We recommend Bitwarden or KeePass, both of which we've compared in a video linked below to help you decide which is best for you. This research article is awesome. A new study has found only a small fraction of the dark web is used for hidden activity. This means out of everybody who uses Tor, less than 7% of those Tor users are using Tor to access .onion domains, which you can only access using Tor. So most people are just accessing normal websites through Tor. Even of those 7%, many .onion sites are legitimate sites, including ProPublica, DuckDuckGo, even Facebook has a .onion site, and countless others. So even that 7% is not 7% illegal. It's likely much smaller than that. This is a good study showing how Tor is a powerful tool that's not designed for evil. So share this article around to your friends who are scared to download Tor. It's something I wish more people used because you really can use it as just your normal browser, though it will be pretty slow. And that's it for research. Uh, time to continue to the politics, starting with the United States. The US Congress has just approved an IoT security law, which asks for the NIST to put together guidelines for Internet of Things devices, including secure code, identity management, patching and configuration management, and more. This is being generally praised as a good start to maybe living in a world where not every IoT device is found to have a major security flaw every month, though I still have my doubts. To continue the trend from the previous few surveillance reports of federal US agencies finding side channels to obtain information they shouldn't have without a warrant, it's been revealed the US military buys location from ordinary applications you use on a day-to-day -day basis, and in this specific situation was used uh, in a Muslim prayer app with about 100 million downloads which is being used as a counterterrorism initiative. No matter where you stand on this, remember that this information traditionally requires a warrant to obtain, yet these agencies are collecting the information with no oversight, regulation, or accountability. That's all I'm gonna say there. Continuing on with this, documents revealed the IRS worked with a sold database of smartphone movements, which also come from ordinary smartphone applications, tied to that same company we've talked about in the past, Ventel. 
On to more negative news, police in Jackson, Mississippi want access to live home security video, which can also be used with things like the Ring camera. People, I really want to let it sink in how much the smart doorbells and other smart Internet of Things devices have been brought up in this single surveillance report alone. If I were you, okay, I'm just saying, if I was you, I'd throw them all out after just listening to this single surveillance report. But that's just me. People freak out with the idea of the government or the police walking into your home without a warrant, but have no issue with the government collecting your location data without your knowledge everywhere you go without a warrant, and now possibly direct access to your home security footage. You have to remember that just because something is digital and you're not seeing it happen doesn't mean it's not happening under your nose. On the bright side, Massachusetts has voted to pass a statewide police ban on facial recognition, and the ACLU has sued the DHS over, surprise, the purchase of cell phone location data being used to track immigrants without a warrant and without their knowledge. That's the third agency in this single report that we know about doing this. I highly encourage you to watch our Android and iOS security and privacy guides. I'll leave them linked below. They'll teach you how to not have this happen to you. And by the way, this article is on the Washington Post, where democracy dies in darkness, yet they paywall every single article. If you're watching the video, you can see you can't even read the damn article because it's the Washington Post, and democracy dies in darkness unless you have money to pay for it. Let's move on to outside of the United States, starting with Brazil that made some big news, as data of 243 million Brazilians was exposed online due to the Ministry of Health website source code, including the password to access the database in the public code. This included full names, home addresses, phone numbers, and medical details, and was pretty much public for anyone who discovered the password in the source code. Um, pretty much, if you went to the site and you just inspected elements, you could eventually find the source code, and if you just dug deep enough, you'd find the password into a database. So really, anyone who was actually actively looking for something like this could have seen all this information. We don't really have a way of knowing who did that. It's great. <laughs> Up next, uh, Canada has introduced a new Digital Charter Implementation Act, which is a long word for a Canadian privacy law aimed at protecting consumers. It's kind of like the Canadian GDPR. And finally, Australia, uh, where spy agencies were caught collecting COVID-19 app data, further increasing concerns of how COVID tracing data is handled by governments in control of them. And that is the end of politics, so let's move on to free and open source software, FOSS. Let's start with YouTube DL. If you caught SR25, you heard about YouTube DL, the open source tool used for downloading media online, which was taken down by the amazing recording industry. GitHub has officially stood up against this and reinstated YouTube DL on GitHub, and they've revamped their copyright takedown policy with a $1 million legal defense fund for developers. I don't know how much that is. I feel like $1 million in legal defense funds isn't that much money. It sounds like a lot of money, but I feel like that's not a lot in legal expenses, but I might be wrong. I don't have to deal with the music recording industry, so, well, I don't want to jinx it yet. Hopefully I'll never have to deal with them. Uh, so overall rejoice. I feel like GitHub doesn't get enough positive reinforcement when they do the right thing. So let's try to pat them on the back here and there. Up next, that one privacy site, notorious for being one of the few honest and transparent sources of VPN data, has now migrated to a new site, Safety Detectives, which has some questionable recommendations, like Norton and McAfee for antiviruses, closed source password managers like LastPass and NordPass, no top spots for Bitwarden or KeePass, so 
people are kind of understandably worried about things staying transparent when it's kind of an affiliate click farm. Though, as of today, that one privacy guy still retains full control and everything seems fine. Just keep an eye out as this is a valid concern. The EFF, Panapticlick tool, which was used to analyze the uniqueness of your browser, has been rebranded to cover your tracks, which I think is a good move to avoid the frickin' month it takes to learn how to say Panapticlick without stuttering. Oh gosh, it's an awful name. And GIMP has turned 25. Uh, this is my absolute favorite tool on the planet. Not really, but still, congrats to GIMP. And the Purism Librem 5, Evergreen Batch, which is like their main final batch after all the main development builds, is beginning shipping apparently. And boy, is it thick. Gosh, this thing is ginormous. It's like, you could kill someone with this. Um, this is the batch I ordered close to two years ago, and I have not heard anything yet about shipping. So I'll be patiently waiting for my likely unusable and overpriced phone that I'll probably have regrets that I even bought. Let's go to Misfits, which is not just me for buying the Librem 5. 28 million licensed Texas drivers were hit by a data breach. This came from an insurance company with access to DMV records, including license numbers, names, birthdays, addresses, vehicle registration, and they've known about it since mid-August and just announced it recently. It'd be nice if there was some regulation over this stuff so people won't get away with this without consequences, but who am I to make these recommendations? I'm just a kid, right? Our last misfit and article of the week involves the millions of worldwide hotel guests who were caught in a data leak. Ready to hear the broken record? This was caused by a cloud misconfiguration in an Amazon Web Services S3 bucket. Uh, as you can imagine, that's pretty much most of these data breaches. It's misconfigured crap that people didn't take time to configure properly. And that's actually all of the news. So I want to thank you for watching this surveillance report. This has been SR26. It's almost the end of the year. Don't forget to watch for our Apple Big Sur video covering the entire Apple security situation. Uh, little tip, it's probably not a huge deal. I think most of everything was overhyped and I think that the analysis in SR25 that I made was pretty much on point. Don't forget to join our communities. We're on Discord, we're on Matrix, which is an open source wannabe version of Discord. It's not as good, but it is open source and federated. And we're also on Telegram. Don't forget that this video features the Ledger Nano and Trezor hardware cryptocurrency wallets to help secure your money without you having to stress. Those links below are how we maintain our entire channel without sponsors. So for those of you who actually wanna get those, it's much appreciated if you go through our links. And finally, I wanna thank our patrons who are always here helping us every month. You can support us on Patreon for exclusive benefits in our communities. And we're also on Ko-fi and you can donate directly through PayPal or Monero on our website, techlore.tech. You're gonna see support us on the top and you're gonna see all the ways to support our channel. Thank you again for watching SR26 and I'll see you next time.